does everyone feel about books, reading books? Let me tell you, on today's show, we're going to talk about Leaders Eat Last, a great book as it relates to leadership, written by Simon Sinek. Stay tuned, stay locked. I'll be back after the break. Trust and believe. Tune into episode 108 of the Trust and Believe Nomad Cast. I'm your host, Mr. Anderson, coming to you directly on what? On what? On a Friday. Friday. A A A. Great way to end the week by conducting a book review. My second book review on this book, Leaders Eat Last, written by Mr. Simon Sinek. So what I want to do just to provide a backdrop, a backstory, I'm going to talk about three chapters in this book. Uh, In this particular chapter, I'm going to read Simon Sinek is in the meeting waiting on a Marine colonel at a Marine officer candidate school. And I'll read the excerpt from the book and give you my own personal opinion and personal experience regarding a situation like this. All right, let's go ahead and dive in. I asked what the candidate had done that could potentially end his career as an officer in the Marine Corps. It must have been pretty serious, I wondered. What crime had he committed? He fell asleep on watch, said the colonel. That's it, I said. You guys are stricter than I thought. This guy falls asleep. He wasn't in combat. He didn't put anybody's lives in danger or at risk. He fell asleep in the woods, the woods of Virginia. And that's enough to end his career, I thought to myself. Said the colonel, it had nothing to do with falling asleep. When we asked him about it, he denied it. When he asked him again, he denied it again. Only when we showed him irrefutable proof did he say, I like to take responsibility for my actions. The problem we have, said the colonel, is that taking responsibility for one's actions must happen at the time you perform your actions, not the time you get caught. Now, I would tell you, I've been in... (laughs) Numerous situations in the Marine Corps and the Army dealing with that. But one significant thing stands out. When I was a young Marine, I remember I was supposed to go to dental for a dental exam. Uh, And I told my squad leader, I said, I got a dental appointment at 10 hundred hours. I'll probably be back about, you know, 12 o'clock or whatnot. So he said, hey, go ahead. Good to go. Move forward. So I went to the dental office and what happened when I went up there, the Navy used to do all conduct our dental operations on our Marine base. What had happened, the dental officer that was going to conduct the, uh, my dental exam, um, he had emergency leave, so he had to go. So they said, hey, can we reschedule? So I was like, okay, let's reschedule for next month. So I'm like, okay, I already told my sergeant that, you know, I'm going to dental at 10 hundred. I told him I won't be back to the warehouse until 12 o'clock. Hmm, that gives me two hours to go play Madden football, 1995 to be exact. So I went to Burger King, got me something to eat, took it to my room, and I played Madden to probably about eh, 1130. Now, the genius in me during that time, instead of you know being honest and just leaving dental, going straight to work and explaining to my sergeant, hey, they canceled the appointment, I'll reschedule for next month. I'm in my room. I'm eating Burger King. I'm playing Madden. 1130. I decided to take a nap, a 15 minute nap. And those that know you start taking them 15 minute naps, they turn into 30 hours. So I'm laying down. I'm sleeping good. And, you know, I got the slob running down, got the freeway lines on my face. 
So all of a sudden, I hear a bam on the door. Bah, 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 bah. It's my freaking sergeant. Open up the freaking door. He ain't say freaking. Open up the freaking door, Anderson. I know you in there. So I'm looking around trying to get my bearings together. And I open the door. He said, I thought you was going to freaking dental. I went up to freaking dental. Your appointment was uh, rescheduled. You freaking lied. I mean, just going off. I'm at the position of a parade rest, which, which is customary whenever you, your uh, superior is talking to you. Whenever a superior is addressing you, you assume the position of parade rest. So first I denied it, just like this situation here that I read. Um, I denied it. And I said, you know what, Sergeant, I apologize. I won't ever let it happen again. And I was put on punishment for that. Instead of just being honest, you know, the Marine Corps is all about honesty, integrity, the whole nine, all those values that we should be living by. But I lied to my sergeant and I ended up paying the price. So a lot of times military folks, not even just military civilians as well, all of us, sometimes we put our integrity. Sometimes we put our discipline in our back pocket thinking we can get away with something. And all I had to do just say, hey, they rescheduled the appointment. You know, he probably would say, hey, man, just go and chill you to your in your room until after lunch. You know, you mess up relationships like that. So I had many situations where soldiers was doing those type of things and I was doing them as I was moving, you know, not to when I got to my senior ranks, but in the rank of, you know, Lance Corporal. Then when I was a specialist in the army. So I definitely, definitely remember that pain. That came from page 186, by the way. I'm so sorry for not addressing that. All right. The second uh, chapter that I'm going to talk about, you can find it on page 200. Leadership lesson number four, friends matter. Members of Congress have gone from sharing power to hoarding it. With no single guiding vision or purpose, we've moved from governing as a selfless pursuit to governing for selfish gain. Just as business moved from serving the customer to serving the shareholder, Congress went from a culture of cooperation to a battle of wills. Again, it's all about who you serve and you're supposed to serve for the greater good, you know, making your situation better. And Congress, they're looking out, not just Congress, but all facets of business. Um, they're looking out for each other. How can we help each other instead, instead of helping the person that really needs help. You know, in the army, we talked about selfless service. What I just read, that's selfish service. Doing things not for the greater good, but for the greater good of the of themselves. That's why I always talk about, I tell my father all the time, he watches the news like 75 hours out of the day. Thinking if he's watching the news, he can inflict change. Nothing's going to change. Whenever you have a group of people that are rich, deciding the fate of people that are not rich who you think they're going to look out for they're going to look out for the fellow senators the fellow governors the commissioners all the rich folks giving them tax tax breaks and i don't want to turn this into a political back and forth but i'm just stating the facts it happens in all facets of life i've seen that as lead in leaders you know leaders they worry about people of their same rank but sometimes they don't take care of their subordinates. Sometimes they ain't even take care of their peers or superiors. So that's the thing that we all have to you know, think about as leaders. You have to serve for something greater than yourself for the greater of good. And a lot of times we've all seen it, no matter what your occupation is, leaders tend to serve who, who can benefit them 
and not to serve to benefit the others. And then now you have a lot of disgruntled employees, a lot of people that's leaving. That's why you're seeing a lot of migration nowadays, because people that were tra- working in traditional offices, they don't trust the leadership because there's no leadership. I call it invertebrate leadership. I never want to be involved with invertebrates. Don't need them. Spineless. Don't need them. Get rid of them. Give me somebody that's going to freaking lead. That's going to stand up to the plate and front line in the event of decision making. I need valuable decision making, critical decision making. And I need you to make a decision for the greater good of people, for the organization. The organization should be the, the most paramount thing, but you also make sure you lead the people of that organization. Because if that happens, you, you lead the people of the organization, those people by population size makes the organization better because they're doing something that's greater than themselves, not to benefit themselves. If you're a great leader, you will have the benefits but that shouldn't be your primary focus. Shouldn't be your focus at all. How can we get these guys and gals promoted? What do I need to do to get them promoted? Who do I need to talk to to give them a raise? Who do, who do I need to talk to to have them uh, earn a day off? That should, leadership, should, leadership should be about. Now, how can I get a day off? How can I get a raise? I, I, I. I used to have this slogan when we was in career. Korea. There's no, there's no I, there's no me. It's only us and we think about that. There's no I, there's no me. It's only us and we, I got that on one of my plaques in my, uh, my man cave, but that's, that's leadership, man. That's leadership one-on-one. So let me go to the last chapter. And we'll talk about today and you can find this on page 218 leadership lesson. Number five, lead the people, not the number. Now, he's talking about uh, Jack Welsh, who used to be the CEO in charge of GE, General Electric. The performance of a company is closely tied to the personality and values of the person at the top. And the personality and values of the person at the top set the tone of the culture. A man who has penned five books about leadership and put his own face on the cover of all of them Jack Welch is fair to say like his own celebrity and the culture of his company followed. In Jack Welch's GE General Electric, people were pitted against each other. They were driven to do whatever they could to make themselves look good. A priority was put on the thrills of dopamine achievement capped off with the selfish love of Sorrentine fueled status. Being number one was all that mattered. Again, I just talked about it. You have to be, and I keep repeating it, you have to do something outside of yourself. If you are a leader of a company, leader of a platoon, a formation, section, whatever occupation you have, you have to be a stand-up leader. What is good for the company, for the leader? What is good for the company? Get that bottom-up feedback. Generate bottom-up feedback. How does the lowest person, the most junior person, in our organization feel. Well, I feel that, you know, I'm never getting a raise. People never speak to me. I'm not getting promoted. Okay, what can we do as a leader? How can we make this situation better? How can we make your day at work better? When, you know, you wake up in the morning, you can't wait to get to work. 
That's how leadership, leadership, I talked about this. Another thing I used to say, my definition of leadership, I've said this throughout the years, leadership, the ability to cultivate an environment where others want to emulate your every word, your every action. That is leadership. I'm so passionate when it comes to leadership. I've been a frontline guy. In the Marine Corps, I wasn't so much a frontline guy, but in the Army, especially when I made the rank of sergeant, frontline guy. Many people can vouch for that because that's what I believe. My mentors taught me that. I try to teach that to my kids nowadays, the people I've mentored over the years. Sometimes when you're a leader, you got to make them hard decisions. Sometimes you got to make the hard right over the easy left. You have to do that. And we're failing as a society because of lack of leadership. The Democrats, the, the Republicans, they're supposed to fight, you know, battle for the greater good of the country. But it, everyone has their own agenda. Everyone has their own homeboy. Everyone has their own corporation. Everyone has their own money. I'm worrying about me, me, me. There's a us. There's a we. You know. All right, y'all. Appreciate you guys tuning in today here on a Friday. Finally, it's Friday. Again, this is my second review on uh, Leaders Eat Last, written by Simon Sinek. For those that didn't listen to the previous episode when I talked about this book in February, my command sergeant major in Korea, right before I made the rank of master sergeant, probably about two months before I made master sergeant, he gave me this book. He told me to read it and return this book to him. The day I, I made the rank of sergeant, uh, master sergeant. So that was, he gave me this book in August of 2017. I made the rank of master sergeant November of, I'm sorry. He gave me the book in August of 2017. I made the rank of master sergeant November, 2017 and command sergeant major. I still have this book right now. <laughs> I ain't going to give it back. I just order you one. But uh, this book, I've written again, I've read this book numerous times. Valuable lessons on leadership. Valuable lessons. How do we lay the foundation? How do we set the tone? How do we set the conditions? How do we set the parameters? For people that's behind us, our peers, our, our subordinates, our juniors, even those superiors. How do we set the foundation for them? How do we teach them to lead from the front? How to front line? Appreciate you guys tuning in. Have a great weekend. Be safe and sound. See you guys Monday for Monday Mental Combat. Stay tuned. Stay locked. Trust and believe. Trust and believe.